0: Yes, that's better. Uh, My my name is Sam. I'm part of King's um, and also part of the leadership team. It's uh, a real privilege to get to speak to you uh, this morning. We will be continuing our our Restored Preach series, Living Your Your Best Life. Uh, Paul started us off um, just uh, touching on the whole subject of our identity uh, in Christ and um, just helping us see who we are in Christ he also opened up the whole subject of of faith for us and then last week um, Andrew just opened up again the whole idea of, of of our world views and the fact that God calls us to be a people who no longer conform to the ideals of this world but actually are transformed uh, by the renewing of our mind uh, this morning, I, I want to look at uh, the whole subject of our, our daily choice. Every day, we're making choices, and um, my focus primarily this morning would be to look at the flesh, and so our daily choice, but with emphasis or focus on the flesh. I, I feel that as a church, we are on the verge of something pretty exciting, I, I do not know what it is, but if you are certainly in tune with what God's been doing amongst us over the last couple of weeks, you probably will sense that too. I think we are on the verge of touching something pretty big. I have no idea what it is, I just know that God's gifts are big, they are exciting, and I believe that this Restored Preach series is actually preparing us for what God is wanting to come and do amongst us. These are things we already, many of us would already be familiar with, but there's a real sense of God coming through again and saying, look, these are things you know, but I, I want you to get the right foundations in place get the right foundations in place so that when we start building, the building can actually stand. If the foundations are not right, the building cannot stand. So we are on the verge of something exciting. And I am so looking forward to all that God will do amongst us. Anyway, that wasn't part of my preach. Let me just focus on what God asked me to set before us this morning. So we're looking at our daily choice. We're looking at the flesh. I just would want to pray for us, and then we'll go for it. Holy Spirit, would you please come and help us this morning? I pray that you help me as I I, I preach your word. I pray that you help the church as they hear would you come and encourage and strengthen and build your church again come and speak to our hearts and make yourself known to us amen Amen. romans chapter 8 verse 9 says to us you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of god dwells in you Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. You see, by definition, Christians are not in the flesh. For all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we we are people who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And Paul makes that very, very clear to us. Now, though you're a new person in Christ with a completely new nature and are free to live according to what the Holy Spirit tells you, Obeying Him is not automatic. We do have a choice whether we walk according to the flesh or according to the Spirit of God. We need to understand, however, that although we still like to do things our own way instead of relying completely on the Holy Spirit and following His promptings, we no longer have to give in to them, but we are free to make a genuine choice each day. When we lived in sin, sin was our master. Sin had mastery over us. The very day we stepped into Christ, the power of sin over our lives was broken sin no longer had mastery over us. I will illustrate. When some lived in sin, sin had power over me. Sin just needed to come and say, some go do this, and then I went. Some do this, some do this, some do that. I had no control. When Jesus stepped in, shone his light, and brought new life to some, some is now in Christ, power of sin over my life broken. When sin comes now, I have power to say no to sin. Get the difference. Previously, when we lived under the power of sin, we had no choice. We had no control. Now that we are in Christ, when sin comes knocking, Jesus equips us and empowers us to say no to sin. Yes. Oftentimes, however, we still choose to say yes to sin. Now, when we do that, it is not because the old nature is still there. It's because we just choose to do that. We are no longer under the power of sin. What were some of the things that changed when Jesus stepped into our lives? What changed? Well, I'll I'll share with us. Church, we have a new heart and a new spirit within us. Hallelujah. That's exciting, isn't it? It's interesting. Ezekiel says, he reminds us of God's promise, God's promise to, to, to take away the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. We have a new heart and a new spirit Not only that, but we also have new life in Christ Jesus. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, he says, if anyone is in Christ, now imagine this is the old nature, this is the old man. He says, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. That is the truth about you sitting here, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the old life, I do, I like my jacket, I love it, but the old life is gone, and the new has come. That old life is gone, and the new has come. Thirdly, we have a new master. When we lived under sin, Satan was our master. He, he worked together with sin, and God us all tangled up in so many things. Well, now that we are in Christ, we have a new master who is God himself. So new hearts, new spirits, new nature, and a new master who is God, no longer answering to sin. Some things, however, did not change, Sadly. So when I was 17 and Jesus stepped in and said, time to come with me, Uh, suddenly I didn't get blue eyes and then blonde hair. No, that didn't happen. You you look at yourself and you realize that physically you you didn't change. I mean, these bodies, they are frail. They will over time age and, you know, eventually we will go to sleep, but physically we, we didn't change. Another thing that didn't change is the fact that our flesh wasn't taking away. Now, in using this word flesh, I'm not referring to our physical bodies. You see, the word flesh is used in different ways in Scripture. However, we only want to talk about one specific way this morning. It is basically the human passing in opposition to God. In Romans 8, in Galatians 5 and 6 and 1 Corinthians 2, we find the flesh is consistently contrasted with the Spirit of God. Paul often touches on that. The, 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 the key thing is how this passing of ours, so even though we are saved, even though we are in Christ, we can not sometimes be in, in opposition to the Spirit of God. Now, you see, the alternative to the flesh is God's spirit. That is his presence with us. If that is what it is, then I believe that the flesh ultimately is to do with the absence of God. If the spirit of God is basically the presence of God with us, then the flesh is the absence of God. So what Paul has in mind is basically the total person outside of God's will and apart from God's guiding influence, through the Spirit. So basically, we are not saying that the person still has the sinful nature of the old nature. No, this person is in Christ. He is a new creation. However, this person sometimes chooses to still make himself Lord of his life and therefore turns his back to the Spirit of God and responds to sin. It doesn't mean the old nature is still there, but now we have choice. We can choose to respond to the old nature or sin, or we can choose to respond to the Spirit of God. It does not mean that the old nature is is still there remember the old is gone the new has come we are now a people of the spirit we are called to basically give allegiance to the spirit but every now and then we choose to still respond to sin it is not because the old nature is there it is just because we choose to and i think the aim this morning is to help us see that actually we can be those who choose to live according to the Spirit. We can be those who choose to, on a daily basis, rule and reign with God. In Galatians 5, Paul identifies the works of the flesh. He says sexual immorality. He talks about impurity, depravity, idolatry, sorcery. There's a whole list. Now, an honest reflection would reveal that we all still have behaviors and attitudes subtle or overt, that express our desire for control and self-gratification. I think the root cause here is the fact that even though we're in Christ, even though we have a living relationship with Him, we still want to be kings and queens of our own lives. We still want to be the ones in control. We still want to be the ones who dictate what happens. That is the key thing here. Instead of having lives that are views that are oriented towards God, we are very much oriented towards self. That is the key thing here. Is it self or is it God? If we're people of the Spirit, then we want to say God. If we're people of the flesh, then basically we're saying self. And so when we make those choices, it's often, are we focusing on God or are we wanting to go with the flesh? The third thing is that, yeah, the flesh wasn't taking away. Third thing is that sin did not die. The big question remains, how can we defeat sin? Bad news is you and I can't. The good news, however, is that Jesus has already done it for us. I'm pretty excited about that. In fact, it is extremely sin, continues to be very, very appealing, and it tempts us every day to try and meet our legitimate needs for security, acceptance, and significance through other things instead of God and God alone. Now, I just need to explain something to us here about sin. Paul says to us, In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, he says to us, shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? And then he responds immediately. He says, by no means. And then on the back of that, he says, you died to sin. Now, church, please just give me your attention for a couple of minutes as to just illustrate this because I believe it would help us as we seek to make choices that honor God. Paul says, you died to sin. You died to sin. Remember, sin cannot die. We we cannot defeat sin on our own. The good news, however, is the fact that Jesus, through His death and burial and resurrection, defeated sin on our behalf. Paul writes in Romans 6, and he says, you died to sin. Listen, church. This is sin. I'm just going to stick it to my chest. When Paul says that we died to sin, basically he's saying we have been separated from sin. Sin cannot die. We, however, in Christ can be separated from the power of sin. Now, this will probably make sense. When somebody dies and you speak to them, do they hear you? It's it's a classroom now. Do they hear you? When you sing their favorite song, do they get up and start dancing? When you, you shake them like that, do they suddenly wake up? The reason is because they are dead. They are separated from us. No matter what you do or say, they cannot hear you. Even if you brought them their favorite meal, they will not suddenly get up and say, thank you very much, I'm going to have a feast. They are separated from you. Now, when Paul says you died to sin, Paul is helping us see that we have been separated from sin. When sin comes singing that old song, you now have power to say no. When sin comes calling, you now have power through Christ to say no. When sin comes beating the drums, you now have power to say, "I am not going to dance to that." When sin comes, serves you a delicious meal, you and I now have power to say no to sin, because we have been separated from the power of sin. Sin no longer has mastery. Over us, it does not mean that sin goes to sleep. Sin would keep keep coming and knocking on the door. But remember, it no longer has mastery over us. We owe our allegiance to a new master who is God. I discovered this early on in my in my faith. So the Lord had coming. I was a Christian. I was a child of God, but I still lived in sin. It was a cycle of sin and confess, it was a cycle of sin, and confess, it was a cycle of sin, and confess, and then suddenly, one day, Romans, I'm reading Romans chapter 6, I'm reading Romans chapter 6, and God opens my eyes to see, look, 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 it's there, it's there, Romans chapter 6, shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? No, by no means, you, you died, you, Sam, you died to sin. Suddenly, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, Wow. Wow. I died to sin. I no longer have to to respond to sin. It's I don't have to. And you don't have to either. If you go that way, it's it's by choice. You don't have to. And suddenly felt like the light of God shone into my heart. You you die to sin. I am not saying I no longer sin. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. But suddenly, the walls that the enemy had put up suddenly came down because the light of God shone in there. You have died to sin. Every day when you wake up, remind yourself, I'm dead to sin. Say it to yourself, I'm dead to sin. Sin is no longer my master. Write it on little pieces of paper where you couldn't see it. Because, you see, Monday morning comes and suddenly we forget about Sunday morning. But God's truth remains. We died to sin. Sin shall no longer be our master. What needs to change? Well, what has to change so that we don't keep going around in circles, falling into the same old patterns? It won't happen by trying harder. The key to freedom is knowing the truth. Church, you have been set free from sin know this truth, cherish it, live in the truth, know the truth about the flesh and sin. Romans six eleven. so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Our choices as well, even though we no longer have to think and react according to our flesh, we can choose to do so. Even though sin has no power over us, we can choose to give in to it. And so when we, when we give in to sin, it's not because suddenly sin has control over us again. It's because we choose to do so. Other times I feel that we put ourselves in situations where it actually becomes difficult to make any progress in our walk with God. Somebody was praying in the back earlier about ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus. And some of the things that hold us in there are deception. Deception is one of them. Because, you see, the enemy comes in, and then he basically sets lies before us. He says to you, actually, you know what? God hasn't done this for you God hasn't transformed your heart God hasn't changed you in any way you are not you are not yet what you think you are the flesh has a way of remembering the old things and so the flesh would often take your mind back to some of those terrible things and as you sit there you start feeling really bad oh why did I really do that the flesh has a way of going back but church remind yourselves of who you are in in Christ. The whole aim of this morning is to help us see again our identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that the old is gone and the new has come. Another thing that could well hold us in, in, in basically responding to the flesh is unresolved personal and spiritual conflict. Maybe you're sitting here today, you have harbored unforgiveness in your heart for a long time oftentimes that could leave room for the enemy to step in and effectively continue his work and so i just would want to pause here and just get us to reflect if there's anything in there you 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 know you know yourself there's no pressure but if there's anything in there that you need to let go of this morning maybe you can let the Lord know, Lord, help me with this. I'm really struggling to forgive Sam. I cannot, I just, I cannot do it, but help me. And then maybe at the end of the meeting, you can catch me and say, Sam, I forgive you. But we, 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 we've got to let go of these things, because if we don't, we, we leave a door for the enemy to come in. A third thing, quickly, is the fact that God calls us to assume responsibility for our own lives. He's giving us all that we need for life and for godliness. God will not do it all for us. You do not need any special person to pray some special prayers over you. After this meeting, you just need to go home and then start responding to the Spirit of God. That's all you need to do. Do you know what I mean? That's all you need. You don't need Paul Mann to pray some special prayers over you. All you need to do is to choose. You know who you are. You're a child of God, you're forgiving, you're accepted, you're loved by God. Leave this building Monday morning. I choose to live by the Spirit and not the flesh. Every day I choose to live by the Spirit and not the flesh. Going forward, how do we effectively reign and rule over the flesh? Well, we choose to walk by the Spirit every day. Once we have committed ourselves to believing the truth, no matter what we feel, once we've dealt with our unresolved spiritual conflicts, we are genuinely free to make a choice every day. So Galatians 5 says, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. The key choice we can make each day is whether to obey the promptings of the flesh or the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The two are constantly in opposition to each other. What is walking by the Spirit as I finish off? It is not just a good feeling. We do have some amazing times in the presence of God, and that's good. But it's not just about nice feelings. It is not a license to do whatever we want. That's not walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is not legalism. It's not trying to obey some rules and regulations. I want to say to us, walking by the Spirit is true freedom. Church, We have freedom to be the people God has called us to be and to make the choice to live by faith in the Holy Spirit every day. There's freedom to be the man or woman that God has called you to be. There's freedom to be all that God wants you to be. Walking by the spirit means being led by the spirit of God. Take note, the emphasis is the spirit's work in us, not ours. We are led by... Brian, do you want to come up, please? Let me just demonstrate. All right, this is my friend Brian. We are led by the spirit. Take note. The Spirit leads us. Keep coming, Brian, keep coming. The Spirit the Spirit leads us. We are led by the Spirit. Yeah, keep, keep walking with me, Brian. We are led by the Spirit. He leads us. The Spirit leads us. I'm just trying to emphasize. The Spirit leads us. Brian, in this case, I'm the Spirit. And then you are you. Is that all right? So I am the Holy Spirit, and that's Brian. The Spirit leads us. Brian does not lead the Holy Spirit. It doesn't even say, it doesn't even say, follow the whole, no, no, it doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say follow, because if it says follow, it would seem as though he had to put in some, oh, I need to follow, no, 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 be led. So all he needs to do is to put his hand in my hand, because I'm the Holy Spirit, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then be led. Thank you very much, Brian. Be led by the Spirit of God. Finally, walking by the Spirit is walking at God's pace in the right direction. You see, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. We don't do this in our own strength. Reliance on God. If you're, you're saved, if you have a living relationship with Jesus, you're in a good place. I know we... Look, we all struggle. There's things we all struggle with. But as long as you're facing the right direction, I think you're good to go. All that matters is that you're looking in the right direction, and God comes and He helps us. How can we tell if we're walking by the Spirit? Just as you can tell a tree by its fruit, you can also tell whether you're walking by the Spirit, by the fruit of your life. If you're being led by the Spirit... Your life will be increasingly marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In the same vein, if you are led by the flesh, we would see fruit of the flesh. So church, live by the spirit and not the flesh. So church, live by the spirit and not the flesh. So, church, live by the Spirit and not the flesh. You have a choice each day. And remember, sin no longer has mastery over you. Previously, sin called the shots. Now that you are in Christ, now that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has given you power to say no to sin and to the flesh. You're free to live for him free to be led by him i just pray for us and i'll finish so lord i i thank you for your Spirit's work in us thank you that you lead us Uh, lord i just want to just come to you again and just bring anyone and everyone who might well be caught up in a cycle of sin and confess i pray that we would know your power uh, that breaks the power of sin over our lives. I pray that we would, we would know that we are accepted and forgiven and loved by you. I pray that we would know that we are a new creation, that the old is gone and the new has come. Help us live in the newness of life that you've called us to. Holy Spirit, would you help us be those who continually walk in you and not in the flesh. Thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, church.